All right. All right, so for those of you guys who don't know me, my name is Robert Palmier, as, uh, as Pastor Dan said. Uh, I'm a graduate of the School of Hard Knocks, the, the Hamden chapter, you might say. Uh, I, grew up, I grew up here in Hamden, and I grew up very far from God. Uh, we weren't a church-going family, and I, you know, I grew up thinking I could do it myself, and, you know, I didn't need anybody, you know, and I, I, I sold drugs, I used drugs, I used and sold people very heavily. I was a violent person, and in turn, I, I spent a lot of time in and out of prison, and, and during this process of, of what I was doing, I, I was doing massive amounts of heroin, so what I did was I destroyed every usable vein in my body. From my arms, legs, feet, everything. Okay, so once the veins were gone and of no more use to me, I moved on to the arteries, which you're really not supposed to use, obviously. We in the drug game would call it pink blood or a hot vein because it would burn excruciatingly bad when we put the drug into us. And what happens when you sever an artery is... It doesn't stop bleeding, so it gushes. So I severed the right one first, and I tied it off, and I kept on doing what I was doing. I stayed in the streets, stayed doing what I was doing, and not long, a few days later, I managed to sever the left one. When I severed the left one, I bled profusely. It's amazing how much blood the human body holds. It really is, because as I'm seeing it pour out and... And I'm knowing that I'm going to die. And, and I'm telling the, the person I was with at the time the messages to give my children. And I know they're never going to hear it, you know. And then when the, on the way to the hospital and in the hospital, and they're, they're trying to get the blood into me, and they're rushing me to surgery, they got me on the gurney, I felt a separate, I, I felt blackness. I, f- I thought I fell off the gurney, you know, but I never stopped falling. And I felt this cold, black, disgusting, heart-wrenching feeling. And it can only be described as separation of God. And I knew in my mind, I knew in my heart what was left of me, that this was eternity. That this is what I had earned. I had earned eternity. You know, I, I didn't know Christ. I didn't know who Jesus was. And then God's grace woke me up. And it's his grace alone that, that I feel compelled to speak about. And today I'd, I'd like to speak to you guys about Jeremiah 18, verses 1 through 7. It's page 547 in, in the Pew Bibles, but um, I'm sure we'll have it right up there on the wall. So feel free to follow along. Now, in the time of the prophet Jeremiah... God's chosen people were being a rebellious nation. They were doing things their way. They were living on their own terms. Charles Finberg writes in the Exeter's Bible Commentary, he writes about the potter and the clay, he says, In this passage, we have a true but mysterious blending of God's sovereignty and human responsibility. The Lord used the potter to illustrate how he deals with humanity. So with that in mind, let's begin. The word came to Jeremiah, Arise and go down to the potter's house. 
And there, I will let you hear my words. Stop. So let's, let's read a little bit into this, right? To me, it sounds like Jeremiah's asleep. And he's been woken by the word of God. He doesn't question it. He doesn't roll back over and go to sleep. He's paying attention to the life lesson. Now, is that really so much harder for us today? How many of us in the same situation would have said, wow, that's a dumb dream. There's nothing I need at the potter's house. And rolled over and went back to sleep. I know I would have. So Jeremiah continues. So I went down to the potter's house and there he was working his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel. As it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Oh, house of Israel, can I not do with you as the potter has done? Declares the Lord. Oh, house of Israel, can I not do with you as the potter has done? But, you know, we could throw our name in right there, right? Instead of house of Israel. Because if we're being honest, none of us are perfect. If anybody in this room is perfect, there's a library of books right back there. Feel free to read until I'm done and say hi to God and tell him that the village loves him when you get back to his right hand. Because we all need reworking sometimes. Oh, house of Pommier, or house of McKinney, or house of Stidham, or house of Hyun, or house of Everest. We all need reworking sometimes. And I don't know if you've ever seen a, a potter make a vase, or maybe you're too young to have seen the movie Ghost, but... A potter takes a hunk of wet clay and he spins it around a wheel and he shapes it with his hands. And then they get the vessel to hold his shape. He adds heat. He bakes it in an oven. They have to fire the vessel. So we know that God is the potter. We are the clay and life is the wheel. And the goal of the potter is to make a beautiful functioning vessel. And whether he's making a vase for flowers, a pitcher for wine or water, or a chamber pot, which is a nice way of saying a toilet. The potter's mark is on every vessel he makes. Every vessel has an intended form. And while each vessel is created in its own shape, size, and function, we are all shaped by the loving hands of the Father. But none would hold their shape without the heat. Without the fire, the clay would just melt back into the lump it started as. This lump of clay that is us in our, un- in our flesh form is constantly being reworked. From its God-given alpha till its God's known omega, we're being tempted by the flesh, reworked by the spirit, and spinning around the wheel of life. And then hardened by the fire. And that's the key. We have to be tempered. We have to be hardened. We, ha- we can't melt. Today I'd like to talk about the fire. I'd like to talk about the ones that come with life. The, the ones that we start and the ones that we throw gas on. The, the fire of past mistakes or the fire of losing a loved one. And, and how to trust in God's reshaping. You know, we have to stay grounded in the word. During this reworking, we have to keep the right attitude about the fire. Because if the potter puts the clay into the oven and it melts instead of hardening, then something in the clay isn't right. Something in the clay is keeping it from hardening. And since Adam in the garden, we've all been putting things into our clay that keep it from its right density. You know, and we tend to add gas to our fires. 
We put doubt into our clay. We put hate into our clay. We put addiction into our clay. We put arrogance into our clay. We put unbelief into our clay. And all this improper material that we put into our clay keeps it from hardening at a low temp. So the fire has to get hotter for the clay to harden. You know, God, the potter, has given us a way to keep our clay to right density. He's given us his only son for his sin. He's given us the word full of life lessons, and he's given us the spirit. And when we get these things in line, we will harden into the proper vessel, but with less heat. And we start by pay attention to the life lessons. We have to find God in the hardest parts of our lives, in the fire. We have to see these fires as an important part of the process of life. And as hardening us, not hampering us. Even the fires that we've been throwing gas on, God will use to temper us. The fires that we add heat to over and over again, and by those fires I mean the addict that goes back to the drug they abused. The abused person that goes back to the abuser. The loved one who feeds the habit of the addict because they love them. Those are the fires that we start. And those are the fires that we make hotter. But no matter what type of fires that we experience, no matter how hot, what we take from them is totally up to us. We have to continue to love the Lord through his reshaping. You know, God shows us these examples of tempering in everyday life. Take the diamond, for example. We love them. Women love to wear them. Guys like to make saw blades out of them that cut through anything. We don't like paying for them, but that's an entirely different lesson. But think about it. That diamond started out as an ugly, dirty, soft lump of charcoal. It took years, decades, centuries, millenniums to turn that charcoal into the diamond, to its intended form. And if we try to reach God without the Lord Jesus Christ, then it will take us longer than it takes that diamond to reach our intended form. And I'm sure somebody in this room right now feels like that charcoal under the pressure of a problem or deadline at work or heat of a tragic loss of a loved one or like that melted lump of clay just melted back into the potter's hand waiting for your final form. I know I do. I fight with PTSD and depression. So, you know, there's a lot of times that I need to lean on the Lord. But when I look back on my life now with this new outlook that God has given me through His grace, I see where the fire was tempering me. I see where it's made me stronger. But so many times, I would add gas. I would turn the heat into a fire and let it melt me. I'd make the same mistakes, put myself in the same situations. Sell drugs, do drugs, be violent, go to jail. Sell drugs, do drugs, be violent, go to jail. Sell drugs, do drugs, be violent, go to jail. My way was not working. I was living like a vessel that didn't need his potter. I was putting the wrong stuff in my clay, not thinking that my vessel wouldn't even be formed without the potter. The potter has a plan for the vessel. It has an intended form, but the vessel cannot function correctly without the potter. And when we live in a way unintended by God, we will suffer. And we will bring suffering to our loved ones too. We cannot reach our intended form without the Lord. It's like trying to build a computer from the ground up. No instructions, no blueprints, no experience. Like, hey, I can use Facebook. This should be easy. You know, 
we just cannot function correctly without the potter. And I was burning from my lessons instead of learning from my lesson. And if you're sitting there, there right now thinking, how do I turn down the heat or when will I be done cooking? Then my suggestion is that you absorb that heat. Because if you're getting the same heat in the same parts of your life, then those are the parts of your life that you need hardened to. The potter reworks us constantly. We are always changing, growing, meeting new people, losing others. When the potter is making his clay, sometimes pieces fall off. All right, so let me say that different. If you're doing the same thing in your life that you know doesn't add up with God's word, then the fire will keep melting you back into the lump of clay and starting over. And the heat is meant to make you, not melt you. The fact that you're here says to me that you want your vessel filled with Jesus. That you want your vessel to be what it was meant to be, its intended form. And there's two ways that we do this, that we learn anything. We either learn through our own life experiences, or we learn through educating ourselves by others' life experiences. We live it and learn it, or we choose to live it on our own and add gas to our fire. If we would just read and meditate on the Word of God and find an example of what we're going through in the Word, we would learn from it. And I guarantee the fire won't be as hot. And I'm not saying that God does this to punish you. Like, read your Bible or else I will smite thee. Not at all. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying that is if you read about like-minded people going through the same types of situations and problems that you are, then you'll react to it in a different way. You'll know what to expect. We will know what God wants us to do. And whatever your situation is, there's a, a situation exactly like it in the Word. There is nothing new under the sun. If we read about it and learn from it, our vessel forms the way it was meant to, but with less heat. Or maybe you say to me, Rob, my fire is from the people around me. I've asked God to change them, but he hasn't. And I'm not making this up. I have heard these exact words. If the people around you are doing things that you don't want to be a part of, then stay away from them. You are not their savior. Jesus is. If you want to be a vase, don't hang out with chamber pots. And then when something bad happens, you go yelling to God, why me? Just one more time. God, why me? What did I do to deserve this? You know, Paul says it so much better than I do. In Romans 9, starting at at verse 19, he writes, do we got that up there? Maybe not. Okay. Well, he says, you will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, man, to answer back to God? Well, what is molded say to its molder? Why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over his clay to make of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which he has prepared beforehand for glory? Now let me say, I am not judging or asking you to judge who God the potter has created for wrath or for mercy. He knows his chamber pots from his vases. But if a person is actively bringing you down, then you need to stay away from that person. You need to surround yourself with the word of God, the teachings of Jesus, and people that do the same. And then pray that the other person does the same. You know, we are all made 
of the same clay. 2.7 says, God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. Now, as I'm sure all of you know, the clay used to make the vessel was pulled right from the ground. It's, it's, there's good clay and then there's improper stuff and the potter separates the two. It's just like us. There's good clay and then there's imperfect stuff that we add in. So we're all made of, of the same clay. We're all spun around the wheel of life and we all experience fire in some form. And this forms us into the vessels we become. But because, because God has given us the ability to make our own decisions, we can either choose to follow or we can choose separation. We can either decide to look for Jesus in our everyday walk, try to be like him through them, or we can think that we can do it all ourselves, be unbelievers, not repent, and choose separation. Every time I shot dope, I was choosing separation. Every time I put my hands on somebody, I was choosing separation. Every time I sold somebody a bag that I knew could kill them, I chose separation. Maybe you're thinking, well, Paul did say some vessels are made for dishonorable use. What if I'm just a bad person? If the potter melts you back into the clay and reshapes you when you're dishonorable, then you must have been made for honorable use. If you're feeling the fire and melting, then look forward to your reshaping. Let's take Paul, for example, or Saul before he came to Christ. Or, more accurately, before Christ came to him on the road to Damascus. He was a servant of Rome. It didn't bother him to see Christians or Jews that followed Christ beaten, tortured, or killed. You would think of all people he would be a bad vessel. But he had a new beginning when he made the decision to follow Jesus to his God-intended form. But obviously, his Christian vessel was tempered in the fire of his Christian-hating life. He knew he would suffer. He, He was told there would be heat. But now he knew the truth, that all the scripture he was reading in the Torah was true, that Jesus was the Christ. And you see, Paul knew the Torah. He had read the word. He was taught by the best. But now his spirit was open to it by Jesus. He experienced a beautiful fire when blinded because he was also blinded to his old life. He was blinded to his sin. Paul had found his intended vessel, his final form. Now, he still experienced heat. He still experienced the the fires that come with a Christian walk. They're still going to be there. But now he knew the truth in Christ. He knew Jesus. So he knew that he had a godly reward. So what am I saying? I'm saying simply that when we learn the truth of Jesus, we recognize our reshaping. We learn to see in the word examples of our situations. We learn to let go of past sin and see God's lesson in it. Look, when we let go of our past mistakes and our pain, and we find an example of the, in the word and meditate and pray on it, and open our spirit to Christ, then you cannot help but experience the grace of God. You cannot help but experience renewal. You know, I'm tired of being melted by the fire. I'm tired of being melted by the heat. No more. I'm being tempered. God promised it. Christ lived it and died and arose. So every one of us 
can experience it. Life in our intended vessel, in our final form, in the image of Jesus, we can defeat death. Through him, in his name, we can get freedom from sin, freedom from guilt, freedom that only comes through the grace of God. Jesus will cleanse your clay if you simply ask. The word made flesh. Only through him do we be tempered into our intended vessel. Church, will you you please bow your heads with me? Father, we come before your throne today to ask you humbly to have a light hand while shaping our vessels. And no matter what our final forms may be, we ask that they be tools of good used to advance your kingdom. We ask for the wisdom to point our lives and the lives of those around us to you. And we thank you, God. We thank you for sending your son to cleanse our souls. May we always carry your light in a world that can be pretty dark sometimes. Father, we love you. And we thank you so much. And we pray to you in the name of the beautiful son, Jesus Christ. Amen.